Welcome to episode 56 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and I'm here again today with my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. Sup, peoples? And you might remember this guy from our last episode. We've brought him back, Mr. Connor Casey. What's up? And we have these guys back because uh, last episode we did a preview of WWE SummerSlam event, and... After quite a hectic weekend and even Monday Night Raw, uh, we have a lot to talk about on that front. So Connor and Matt are back to do their SummerSlam wrap-up at the end of the show and talk about what's happened to WWE since then. But we got more going on than that this week. We have a bunch of new comics to talk about. Uh, it's about New Comics Day today, and by the time you hear this, and so we have some comics to talk about, including our latest breakdown of Jonathan Hickman's X-Men reinvention Powers of X, or Powers of Ten, rather, two, number two is out, and so we have a lot to talk about there. Also, but first, before we get to all of that in our news flash, we're going to be looking at a Mexican restaurant's crazy Avengers Endgame bootleg ad. Um. We are going to be talking about the fate of New Mutants. We will also be talking about what we're hearing coming down the pipeline for the next Aladdin live-action movie from Disney, and we are going to be talking about some new things that have popped up on the Marvel TV front. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that when we come back for our newsflash. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, so let's start right at the top. So there was this Mexican restaurant that uh, decided to get entrepreneurial and create an ad they thought would uh, get a lot of people's eyeballs. It worked. And it worked, yeah. <laughs> it did. I mean, in terms of advertising and reach, like, yeah, this worked out beautifully because uh, restaurant Algo Delicioso basically took the climactic moment of Avengers Endgame, the uh, snap-off between Thanos and Tony Stark, and twisted it around to the point where, like, they showed the scene, this bootleg, horribly rendered scene of Thanos trying to snap the gauntlet and failing, and then them cutting to Tony Stark, Iron Man, and instead of him, it cuts to the restaurant over, <laughs> holding a plate of tacos and saying, basically, like, I am Algo Delicioso, and then snapping. And, <laughs> and it gets already, better. yeah, wait, whoa, whoa, you guys got to learn how to sell some sizzle around here. You're, like, become the new gym over here. So the thing is, like, yeah, you get that part, and you're like, man, this is crazy. So good. But it doesn't end there. It does not end there. Then it turns into a home video tour of this restaurant, and there are little gift Thanos, like little Thanos gifts in the bottom of each corner, <laughs> doing a dance. And you're like, okay, well, this is this got more crazy. It doesn't end there, 
Because as soon as you start watching this and you're just settled into this, like, this is a real thing I'm seeing. You know, the little gift Thanos just drops it down like it's hot, spins it around, and just starts twerking his ass in your face. And, uh, yeah, this goes on. Well, so you're at once looking at, like, various hot Mexican dishes being paired in this home video of a restaurant while Thanos shakes his ass in your face. And apparently this makes you want to eat at this place, which is true. I mean, I, I want to go there. Yeah, I now got to go there just to see this guy who's in the video, right? Eat like, that, Las Palmas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But this thing is going viral, and it is crazy. So check it out if you have not. But, uh... You know, I thought we had gotten to, like, peak Avengers Endgame, like, zeitgeist impact. But apparently, I mean, Marvel's just getting so big that now commercials are making bootleg commercials off its movies. Props to whoever at that restaurant came up with that. Here's what we should do. This yeah, I feel like it was, like, their grandson or something. Yeah. It was like, Poppy, I got something for you. Like, here's how we're going to do it. And, like, that kid, I mean... If he doesn't get a bunch of lawsuits from Marvel Studios, whoever came up with this, they should get a job interview for, you know, an advertising. If you sue him for this, you're just mean. This is gold. I mean, you should get a free meal at uh, a delicioso, free, like, Marvel company party meal. You can see where all the budget went, though, because there's this well-rendered Thanos moving around, and then there's this very, like, grainy bootleg version of the yo soy whatever and then snap hey it's man like, they priorities they knew priorities, they had to get yeah. thanos right guess, yeah. yeah you need to get thanos a thick thanos doing uh twerking it is it was where the budget goes apparently thick with two c's yeah so okay so check that out we have that up on comicbook.com on our marvel page that was just a crazy little tidbit for you guys all right back to actual news uh it's being reported that, uh, you know, we're still kind of, we've been reporting and going through, there's been some news coming out about where the whole Fox-Disney merger stands and, like, where the various discussions are for some of the kind of murkier aspects of that acquisition. Like, we came and we talked last time about uh, Deadpool and, and the conversations of whether Deadpool is going to be PG-13 or R, and those internal discussions are, have been confirmed to be happening. Well, we got an update on another little dangling thread from Fox's X-Men franchise, which, of course, is New Mutants. Now, uh, New Mutants poor, was supposed to come poor out. Poor New Mutants. Poor New Mutants. Well, again, you, you, you're selling the steak before the sizzle because I was teasing like we were going to say what happened, but since Jim Viscardi just spoiled it all, <laughs> yes, poor New Mutants. Disney is not impressed with New Mutants, apparently. Here's the actual quote uh, that I will read for you because I, I did some time and I looked it up. And uh, the studio is unimpressed with New Mutants, an X-Men spinoff, and believes it has limited box office potential. That is what Variety has reported. Um, So that, again, it doesn't sound good. We've been debating New Mutants for months on end about, like, what to do with this. Is it getting a theatrical release? There's been all kinds of conflicting things because at some trade shows, they were starting to put out, like, New Mutants, like, you know, promotional material. We thought it might even be coming at the end of summer or something, but now it just sounds like Disney doesn't like it either, and it, it's just... I mean, this movie's a mess. Like, it's been reshot. Like, oh, God. Like, Josh Booth, the director, had it all put together. Then Fox was like, we want to make it more horror. Then they did a bunch of reshoots. We lost track of whatever the hell was happening with it, and now it just sounds like it's in limbo, development limbo for all time. This brings me back to a real simple point. Um, people, elements in this office, unseemly elements, have been debating that. No, let's finish Fox's X-Men universe. You can go look on comicbook.com a year ago when I said 
Fox should just end its X-Men universe now, put out what they have on, like, streaming services, whatever, just for posterity, and just end it. No, 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 there's still a profit to be made. Blah, 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 blah. That's what you hear around here. But here we are now. Dark Phoenix came out, and Ooh. it tanked. Yeah. It tanked hard. So great money spent there. And now Mew Mutants for all the production costs. Sounds like it's just in limbo. So great money spent there. Guess what we could have done like a year ago? We could have all had a weekend talking about both these films if they had just dropped on some kind of on Hulu as like big features, and we would have all been a little bit more jazzed. So I don't know, man. There's still a hope. There's still Hulu because Disney owns that, and they can put it out. I mean, they should release it. Yeah, you have enough put it out. entities to put this out on. Let whatever whoever's going to watch this, let them watch it. Here's the thing. And then be done. Move Dude, on. Like try with it. You, it's a perfect vehicle to do with Netflix. You know, test the water, seeing how many, how much draw you can get for like a feature film mm-hmm. release as an event thing, like Bright or you know. All and do that a surprise stuff. drop with it. Yeah. Screw it. Just surprise drop it. Put it on Hulu. Say. Wouldn't that be a everybody, cool? Everybody. Yeah. Comic-Con exactly. Thing? And how much interest would you be putting in a, into Hulu right before like Disney Plus? Like yeah, New York Comic Con this fall. Just put it out there and be like, end of panel. Be like, oh, and in case you guys were ever caring about New Mutants. It's on Hulu now. And people Later. will go watch that, and exactly. it would be the talk cool. of the con. Yeah. Well, it's and a horror Hulu movie. Put it out of Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that, too. Boom. Like, we just solved New Mutants' problems. So but, I mean, I go. do want it's done right. I do want, I mean, I, I could care less about this movie. I've been, at, like, adamant about that. I, yes, I'm you have. I'm fine with it. So, but I do understand why people, like, want to see this, right? So, release it. Don't do that thing where you just yeah. shelve it indefinitely and never released I mean, it's it. It's a movie. Done. It's a horror superhero movie <laughs> yeah. that has a cast of, like, really now, now these people have actually come up and have good careers and off to other things, but... Because it's been so long. Yeah, it's been so long, but at the time they were young up-and-comers, but now they're established stars. You recognize them from, you know, uh, Stranger Things or Game of Thrones or um, whatchamacallit, uh, what's the split sequel that just came out? Glass? Glass, yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy. Like, that was her. Yeah. So, who plays Magic. And so, like, yeah. Just put this thing out, man. Do you think Dark Phoenix bombing just kind of gave them the sign to be like, we shouldn't even try with this? Well, New Mutants is a different kind of beast. New Mutants is like an indie compared to a blockbuster. But it's been a movie that's been in trouble since day one. Like, it's gone through extensive reshoots. I don't even think, like, Josh Boone had a falling out with execs at Fox like he doesn't want to come back for it no one wants to really do the reshoots it's so tainted at this point that like why would you want to put something out that like it's it's kind of like the Snyder cut but this is no 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 I'm not letting this take place like no it's very <laughs> different <laughs> they didn't have a bad movie they had an okay movie that Fox got big eyes on and said Oh, if we pump this up with more horror, it could probably sell even more. And that's what started us down this rabbit hole. It was the greed factor. Like, they just wanted to kind of change and pump it in and and play the demographics in the market and make a better, bigger sell of a movie. Then they just completely fell flat on their face with that. So the original cut that, you know, Josh Boone put together is there, and it tested fairly well. It was just that people would have liked more horror in it, Mm. like, was the note. So, like, you have a competent movie already. It's not a troubled movie. They screwed it up by keep trying to mess with it and tweak it, which any creative person could tell you, you you overdo that, it it just eventually all falls apart. Which is true, but the perception now, the the overall perception of it is that it's 
tainted, I feel like. Yeah, but if you that's the whole thing. You don't do an extensive promotion. Just put it out. Oh, I agree. I think you should still let people it. come to it and because it's not like an incomplete movie. Just the thing, though, get like a if this was but if like <coughs> even now with so many eyes on it, like if it's bad. Like that's a you can't just sneak this one out there. You can't just put it out, and if people don't like it, it's like oh oh well, we put it out there. Like this is a thing. I mean, it worked for Cloverfield. (laughs) (laughs) That was bad. And you're also like, there's bad. There's people's reactions to things that they think are bad when they have to go to a theater, pay for it, and see it. Yeah. And then there's people's levels of acceptance when they sit at home and for free just click a thing that they find in front of them. If the last Cloverfield movie had gone to the theater. It would have left with a very different taste in people's mouths, as it, opposed to it going to Netflix. And now say, people are still looking forward say to it. A wor- I would say it works more on the Netflix side because Netflix is already has the reputation of being a direct to DVD. You know, and that well, that's my whole that's my whole point about the Hulu thing. Like, if you're trying to draw eyes to this, but I don't think that's a thing Disney. But that's the thing. I don't think that's a hit Disney wants to take, especially when they've got stuff that they're just about to put out like this is this is the PR side of my brain working like they had a bunch of stuff that they're they're putting out that they think and want to believe is good why put something out there that is probably bad then everyone's going to be like uh Disney has nothing they're putting out crap but no one will say that you don't know that I don't but think they don't why know. would I think they say will. that there's no I I feel like you're jumping from, and this is Fox's it's a big jump yeah. yeah all they have to do is say look we're just doing this because you know what X-Men fans, fans want to see it you guys were loyal to Fox. We Here don't want go. to screw you but up. I mean, but we got tons of cool stuff coming down the corner like, that but we with that made. Public, with that basically public undressing from Iger to Fox. like So why? I don't think anyone's going to point to Disney after this, bad or not, and go, well. It's your fault. Yeah, no one's yeah. doing that. It's their fault for letting it go. See, this is why PR is so screwed up. You're, it's you're it's their fault for like, <laughs> letting it get released. If it's bad, if, like, if it's not good, no one wants to take that hit. I don't think they'd be taking. At least it's not. Nobody just leave it in the drawer. The 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 conversation of whether this is going to be a hit has already gone out the window. Yeah, it's not. (laughs) This is about what do you do with the corpse? Do you leave? Like, do you try to stuff the corpse in your back garden, or you just like put it out there and make a museum? Because then you're always going to get asked about it. And if you just put it out there, it's done. Fox era gone. Move on. Listen to me. In the next five years, one way or another, I guarantee you, New Mutants is coming out somehow, some way. Like. You might as well just attract people to Hulu is all we're saying. Like, if they slip it in after they've put out their first wave of stuff and that's stuff even is worse. Like, yeah, no, I don't why think so. then? I think just quietly, just they quietly no, put it clearly out. We, the- clearly our rational brains do not understand <laughs> public why would you relations. Do that? We're going to move on. But uh, New Mutants looks like it's not looking good, so don't expect it. All right, moving on to Matt's territory. Aladdin was a billion-dollar hit this year. Matt was the uh, biggest cheerleader for it when everybody doubted. But uh, now we're going to get a sequel, and we got to talk to, I believe, uh, the producer. Yeah, Lynn, Charlie Ridge. And Charlie Ridge got to talk to him and came away with a little scoop about uh, Aladdin 2. So, you know, there, because it's a billion dollars, it's obviously going to probably be a sequel in the work, the works. And uh, what Dan Lynn says is they are going to pull from various source material. I didn't know how much Aladdin source material is out there. Oh, yeah. Decent amount. I don't know. I, I've never... Movie-wise, there's... I mean, there's three animated movies. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. We're not yeah. just doing The Return of Jafar. Like, the animated yes. sequel. Like, it most people would think... King of Thieves. Yeah. Wait, what? Not King of Thieves. Uh, yeah, King of Thieves. Yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. No, it was Return of Jafar. It's Return of Jafar. Return of Jafar. And, and then, then the King third King one is yeah. King of Thieves. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. the one everyone likes. No one likes Jafar. No. <laughs> Nobody likes Jafar. People like King of Thieves a little more. Yeah, yeah. I kind of liked Return of Jafar. I liked both too. But uh, but like, here's the thing: 
So they're not going to just follow those animated movies. They're going to mm. create an original story idea pulling from various source material. So it could be a little bit of King of Thieves, a little bit of Return to yeah. the Far, a little bit of some written material and other stuff from like Aladdin stories. And so we're going to get something original. So Ooh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm totally good with that. I mean, I think I, it's interesting because the first one was caught in the shadow of the animated one, Will Smith's genie, blah, 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 yeah. like all that stuff. So now how do you feel about Aladdin stepping out into its own? I mean, I think it's good. I think you'll still... Pull. I mean, they'll still probably pull a thing or two from Return of Jafar. Uh, they'll probably. I would imagine, and Charlie actually made this point um, that you know where the movie ends is kind of, <laughs> kind of one of the major premises of the third movie, um, which like brings in like Aladdin's dad, and like you have this whole other subplot, and it's really cool. It's really interesting stuff there. So bring a little bit of that and then just do something fresh with it. I'm cool with that. I, I think now it's easy. You don't have to sell people on Genie. You don't have to sell people on here. And now, to me, the honestly, the weakest part of the movie is Jafar. Let's move, there's a perfect opportunity to yeah, move I him think aside. The King of Thieves stuff would be much more yeah. interesting. And if you want to still involve him, cool. But he's, to me, the weakest part of the first movie. So now you have a chance to like... Go a different path, add some stuff in them, cool. Yeah, I mean, King of Thieves, you could potentially do something that would make people look up and say, you know, this is the Gambit movie we're never getting. (laughs) 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 So take a little shot at Gambit. (laughs) Take a little shot at Gambit while we're just knocking down the old X-Men movie. Fair enough. All right, so that sounds pretty exciting. Connor, I know you have heavy thoughts on Aladdin, but we don't have time for them. I'm sorry. Fair. All right, moving right along. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just kidding, but... uh, All right, so Marvel Television. Another big kind of hanging thread in this whole Disney-Fox merger and what's coming with Disney Plus is Marvel Television, okay? So we've been talking about this. BD was off here just, blah, blah, blah. I won't watch it if it's not connected to the MCU. That's my imitation of Brandon Davis talking about this a couple episodes ago. Um, Because we were talking about... Yeah, Disney Plus is going to start airing these shows, Loki, WandaVision, Hawkeye, that are direct spinoff of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, which made us ask, like, what what the hell's up with Jeff Loeb and Marvel Television? Like, where does that fit now? Because Marvel Television has done stuff that's tangentially related to the MCU, like the Netflix Defender stuff and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They've done stuff on Hulu that is really not related to the MCU at all. I mean, it is... In the loosest sense. In the loosest sense, like Runaways or Cloak and Dagger which make reference to things that have happened in the MCU but are not in any way connected to those events. And then you have stuff that Marvel Television does that is in no way connected to that franchise, like The Gifted, Legion, those X-Men shows that have nothing to do with the MCU franchise whatsoever because of the Disney-Fox split. But Marvel Television was never kind of prohibited in the same way of playing with the sandbox in the same way that Marvel Studios was because Marvel Television gets licensed to do all this stuff. Anyway, that's now all changed because... Disney has collected all their toys again under the Fox banner. So the question has been, what is Marvel Television and how does it fit into this new thing? Especially when Kevin Feige can now jump over to TV and do what he wants, you know, without having to get into those arguments with Jeff Loeb. So in a recent interview, Jeff Loeb has kind of broken down some things that are very interesting and kind of have kind of painted an interesting roadmap for us. So the first thing is that we're going to be getting these we knew that Marvel, uh, Disney, had also take, got a controlling stake in Hulu, and so we're going to continue the Marvel, we're going to continue building a Marvel universe over there. Runaways is still here. A Ghost Rider series is coming. Hellstrom series is coming, and now we have like an official title for these kind of this brand of the universe, which will be Adventures into Fear. 
which I kind of love. I know Jim hates. He's, no, I, oh, okay. I actually don't mind it. I think it's Jamie the one. Jamie's oh, Jamie one hates it. Yeah, Jamie Lovett is not it. a fan. It's I, think like it's, I think it's Marvel a little hokey. Stuff, right? Yeah, I agree. It's a little hokey. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's Marvel 70s kind of fair. Like, it all was hokey. Mm-hmm. Right. Had stuff like Journey or 60s, 70s, Journey into Mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Adventures right, in Tales of Suspense. Yeah, Tales mm-hmm. of Suspense, Adventures in Fear. Um, that's basically, I mean, I prefer like Spirits of Vengeance or anything, but I guess right. they figured the 90s kids weren't strong enough to kind of go with that. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get two more series. I don't think they've said what the other two would be. Um, we're still hoping for a Midnight or for a Moon Knight series. Starting that campaign tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> we're starting uh, that campaign tomorrow. I've been running that campaign. Other there. people oh, thought Blade could be here to Hulu, but now that's off the table because Blade's getting his own movie mm-hmm. and the MCU. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because Adventures into Fear will be this other brand of the Marvel Universe that's kind of existing on Hulu uh, with these kind of supernatural characters, which I'm very interested to see kind of take place. So that's, and, and it's hard to imagine like, how do you build this thing and not have it connected to the MCU um, is kind of where we're at. Because what the other wrinkle in this is that Jeff Loeb also revealed that Marvel Television, that division. Now, this is the key to this. These are two separate divisions, Marvel Studios, Marvel Television. And they don't always get to play in the same realm. And as much as they try to do this, we're all connected. There's been internal beef where they are not connected. Yeah. I mean, but, Jeff Loeb said it in an interview. Hashtag, oh, it's all connected. Yeah. And now, but now Marvel Television is also going to be developing programs for Disney Plus. So, like, this is the first time really that Marvel Studios and Marvel Television are really playing in the same platform space. Yeah. They've been separated. Marvel Television's on broadcast TV or streaming, like, in this streaming service, and Marvel Studios sticks to just, like, the movies. Now it's all getting blended together, and now it seems like what Jim was suggesting in several shows about how Marvel television would be reorganized is going to come, <coughs> excuse me, to, oh man, to fruition, like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to reorganize it. The lingering question is, will they make it all connected? Will they officially say that like Runaways, Ghost Rider, or, or all these adventures of fear are in the MCU, or will it still to be this kind of Netflix offshoot tangential type thing and what do you guys want to say it's a mat i i'll believe it when i see it because i rode so hard for the netflix shows when they first started coming out that those first two seasons of daredevil jessica jones a lot of luke cage i enjoyed all of it well, and i was after luke cage pretty much pretty much the second half of luke cage is once cottonmouth dies whole thing goes downhill I was I was strongly defending at the time, like, no, it's still connected. They mentioned the Avengers. They mentioned Hulk's attack on Harlem. They, they mentioned Captain America. Like, it all still works, even though none of it's really going to connect yeah, in terms J- of, like, Tony Stark's not flying yeah. into Judas a bullet, scene. like, all that stuff. It's like, not going to happen. But as it went on, it became more and more clear that they, they don't care about the connection. And then when you get to the, the matters of what happened with Endgame, it's like, okay, they really don't care because yeah, they're not Infinity going to address War that was nothing. at all. Yeah, I mean, it was really nothing for S.H.I.E.L.D. either. I mean, S.H.I.E.L.'s kind of completely... S.H.I.E.L.D. Falling. deliberately went, hey, let's get the hell out of here so we don't get affected yeah. by this other stuff. We're going into time and space, so we don't have to deal with Avengers Infinity War. For, for me, it's <laughs> all talk until they actually prove it. Yeah, and uh, not to mention, there's also this other Marvel TV show that we that's coming that we still don't know that might be like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff. 
So, like, yeah, I, I mean, like, the question of what's going to happen here is kind of crazy because now it's becoming more convoluted. Like, what's up with the Disney Plus Marvel television shows? Will they just play around and get to do anything? Like, Well, I think the idea for those is really to just truly continue the ongoing narrative of the MCU where everything else is more like S.H.I.E.L.D. season one, season two, where it's reactionary to the events, mm. but they're not actively pushing the MCU story forward. Um, I think that's probably more of what we'll see, and then, you know, with an odd cameo here or there. But to me, the Marvel Studios-produced shows for Disney Plus are to, like I said, to to move that story yeah. along. Yeah, but... Where everything else kind of happens in the... We're reaching a level of consumer confusion that I think begins to get problematic right about there. Like, you're on the same service, Disney+. Plus. You can watch these shows, and they're directly connected to the movie, but you don't watch these shows because they're not. Well, but the thing also, too, is you got to remember, like, Marvel Television is producing a show for Disney+. Plus. It's that Joe Quesada show where he's going around talking to creators in various industries. Like, that is a Marvel Television-produced show that is on Disney+. Plus. We don't know if we're going to get a, insert character name here, show produced, you know, or, you know, by Marvel Television on Disney Plus. So you think that'll be the caveat that it's all like like it culture may, stuff? Yeah, it may end up being culture stuff or like you know I know um you know the, I know the marvel.com is every once in a while has done a bunch of you know uh oh god what's that ESPN type no, thirty for thirty, like yeah. those like thirty for thirty type stuff. And you may yeah. see more of that type stuff produced by Marvel Television that ends up there. Uh, and I think that may alleviate some of the, the consumer confusion where everything else that's maybe character-oriented will be either on broadcast, on Hulu, or or somewhere else. Just don't take the coward's way out and say it's all a multiverse thing. Where, oh, it's all taking place in a I mean, different universe. Well, I mean, they do have an entire show called What If, which is basically... I mean, that's per- animated. Though. Yeah, that's At least true. They- it's kind of sad. I mean, personally, I don't need everything to be connected, so it doesn't necessarily bother me but i understand the confusion aspect because i go in with the understanding of like oh it's not all whatever like i'm in this yeah steeped I'm in this, this could all make day. somebody like brandon davis's head explode like for a mainstream <laughs> fan who comes in it doesn't necessarily understand all he's got to do is go to disney plus yeah. and watch marvel movies and related tv shows and then that is gonna muddy the waters a little bit depending on what they do so i mean i do understand that point but for so, me it doesn't matter yeah so we're gonna have to wait and see but this is gonna get really interesting as we sort through all these disney fox merger Stuff as the MCU uh, kind of evolves into phase four. All right, that'll do it for our news flash. Make sure to stay tuned because when we get back, we are going to review some TV shows, we are going to review some comics, and we're going to review how they did at wrestling this past weekend. So be sure to stay tuned. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right. So let's do this week in comics. We're going to go through things. Uh, we're not going to get too crazy into like the powers of 10 thing because we've done some extensive reviews, but uh, we are going to talk about it. Yeah. But first, the real headline here, we're getting a Yu Yondu series. Are you excited Ooh. about that? I mean, I was excited to see his ugly blue face. <laughs> like, up everywhere. I know. Jim probably knows more about that than I do because I haven't really yeah. steeped in the Yondu. Like, what is the Yondu series? <laughs> Oh, it's just, it literally is is what it is. It's just story of it's Yondu. It. Ya, it's Yondu being Yondu. Okay, doing Nothing. you know space adventures. Have they basically it, just it, stole it an MCU weird. run like Yondu and? Yeah, I mean they've they've adopted his design. Yeah, yeah about to say, <laughs> I, the, I feel like that's a lot of Guardians because before that, like classic Yondu, nobody cared about for a series. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah no, Finn absolutely thing. not. Yeah. Finn is. Archer Yondu, nobody cared about. Yeah. And Scum, almost all internet, of them now. You know, galactic scumbag Yondu people love. <laughs> yeah. Uh, almost all of them now really do feel like the movie versions. Like, right. the Guardians more. Than yeah, yes, I feel like the Guardians are the most heavily interested um, in yeah. but, I mean, but, but it's got a great, it's got a great creative team with Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson, you know, writing and John McRae doing the art. And it's got a, no, I, I mean, it's got a great look. I think it'll be exciting, like, just to have, like, the tale of, like, a cosmic, Scumbag walking around doing scumbag stuff would be yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be fun. Like fun. It could be really light. And I mean, while we're while we're talking about scumbags, another thing that did get announced was a new Deadpool series, which I know yawn in some some people will say yawn, but Kelly Thompson and Chris Bocciolo are doing this, and I'm very excited for this. I'm excited to hear. That's a good. That's a really good creative team. That's like that, right? Yeah. So it's just uh, oh my god, I'm, I'm so excited. I, haven't, I told Jamie I haven't been excited for a. Chris I haven't Bocchio really can be hit or miss depending on what he's married true. to. But this seems perfect, right? Yeah, like when the last time I was excited or I was actively reading, like not because it was part of my job, but like just reading for fun. Deadpool was Gail Simone. Deadpool. Like, that's been that long. So, like, I was like, oh, this team has me excited. I'm genuinely excited. Uh, but, yeah, there was a couple other announcements, too, uh, from Marvel Books that you can uh, yeah, check out on Yeah, watch us go through the uh, other ones you just want to touch, and then we'll, we'll get into There's it. a new Morbius series coming just in time for Morbius, I imagine. Yeah, I don't know what get that, that series is going to be. <laughs> get, that, get that first trade out. All it says is that oh, the, the, the log line or the synopsis for the first issue is, Michael Morbius has been working to try and figure out a cure. The cure has probably made him more of a monster than he ever could have imagined. And yeah, away we go. So it could either be really good or uh, we're all waiting to see this whole Morbius. Yeah, that thing. That's, if yeah. it all even sticks. So I feel the same way about the comic as I do the movie. Same. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're all tied together. Um, but yeah, so I mean, do you want to hit Powers of Ten first? Well, no, we'll do that last. Okay, we'll just talk about that. Uh, so some other some other big books coming out. Should, this should week. we put a spoiler warning out there? Are you going to talk? Yes, spoiler I'm going to get into some spoiler territory. Books. I'm going to try and avoid a ton until we get to Powers of Ten. So, but still, spoiler warning. This is for today's books. So if you haven't read them yet, just pause here, go read them, and then come back. <laughs> Listen to all our stuff. Uh, a new series starts uh, once in future, uh, which looks like I I've I've read the issue. The issue is fantastic. It kind of a uh, takes a fun uh, twist on like Arthurian legends, uh, you know, King Arthur, Excalibur, all that stuff. King, yeah. uh, and uh, really interesting way. And there's a character that like there's a grandma in this book that everyone will like adore. 
halfway through the issue. She's amazing. She's like one of the main characters and she's like this old spy but like now she's like in her she's in like an old folks home and then she's like rolling up uh like a doobie in her in her room and like like mallory archer and threatening the other people like they try to turn the news and she's like you could but you know you're kind of old so it'll take a really long time for your hands to heal (laughs) like she's amazing like she's a great character uh so that new series kicks off this week Uh, also go go power rangers number 22 uh, for those who have been interested in the Omega Rangers, the new Rangers that have uh, come about in the last issue of Mighty Morphin, this goes into a lot of detail as to why and what their purpose is, and so fills in a lot of the blanks. So definitely pay attention to that. Uh, a book I am I am shouting out because it is a big book, Event Leviathan number three, which is kind of DC's. Would you call that an event book right now? It's kind of weird. It doesn't feel like an event book, but I it mean, is it's their effect- big thing. It's affecting other books. Yeah. So technically, it is an event it's book. It's just the most low-key event book ever. Like just pre- stuff. prepping for Leviathan's, Leviathan's debut in Supergirl this fall. Basically. It's not great. This issue is not. This is probably my least favorite issue. <laughs> this is probably my least favorite issue so far. Uh, and especially like on the art side of things, which is kind of surprising. But This is the roughest Alex Maleev. Man. It's We've seen it it's kind of rough, and there's still some good parts. But overall, I was very I was kind of disappointed. But it is still a big book. Also, a book that do not read if you are having a bad day. Separation anxiety number one, which ties into absolute carnage. This book is terrifying. Well, okay, thank you. I came in, I was like, dude, I needed a this cleanser. Book has affected everybody. What is this? Book I needed about? a cleanser. It's just like, I mean, I can go so, in the spoilers. So, so. It's, no, it's like a premise. I want to okay, so imagine it. if it was the John Carpenter's The Thing, but in a house in the suburbs. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's told through the story of a, like, two young kids, and it's just like, man, it, it just, it's rough. It's a little rough, yeah. and it's, like, the art doesn't help, and by the end of it, it doesn't leave you in a happy place. Like, <laughs> it's just kind of a downer. It's good, but it's kind of a downer. So, anyway, I needed to watch something fun on YouTube after they do some uh, They do some crazy stuff with body horror. With yeah. The, with the symbiotes and that. It's, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, good, though. But memorable in the wrong ways. Uh, Cat Marvel number nine uh, definitely reveals some things about. I mean, they've they've done a, a lot of things about revealing her like Cree heritage and kind of playing on some topical issues here as well about like acceptance in American society. It's actually it's really good too. Uh, Getting good reveals. You love Captain Marvel. Here's the thing. See, I only mentioned it once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four number thirteen actually has a great matchup between the Hulk and the Thing, and. Uh, I think if you have been a fan of the thing for a long time and always feel like he gets second billing to Hulk, you'll really like this issue. Uh, it's, I mean, yes, there's been an ongoing storyline, but you can really come into this kind of and just read this for what it is. I think Thing fans will really like this. Uh, and then last but not least, a book I did not expect to like was Punisher Kill Crew, number one. That spins out of War of the Realms. Oh, I thought it was about killing Drew. That's what you have written. No. I, kill, kill Crew. Drew. I, I kill like, Crew. What did Drew do? Let's so, kill Drew. I'm not the biggest Punisher fan. Um, but this was like, this actually grabbed me by issues in. I was like, all right, I'll stick around on this series because it does put him in territory that I think is interesting for his very hardcore tunnel vision type of character. It puts him into a guardian role. And I think that's interesting. I think when Frank Castle's put into those roles, that's good areas for character work. So, uh, really interesting. And you, you, if you read War of the Realms, it would be better, but you don't have to to enjoy this issue. So I very much think it's great. Uh, and now, Powers of Ten. Okay, let's talk about Powers of Ten. So we've been doing Jonathan Hickman's X-Men reinvention every week, and <laughs> every issue 
just when we think we got a handle on this thing, like a new issue comes out. It's House of X, then Powers of Ten, then House of X, then Powers of Ten, and we've gone through two cycles of that now. Um, but every time we get a new issue, it's just like, what the what? And we have to kind of realign our perceptions all over again. Now I got to go back and read House of X 2 all over again, and 1 probably, and Powers of Ten 1. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk major spoilers for this issue. Like, we're going to break it down. So if you have not read Powers of Ten number 2, stop listening now. All right. So... After last week, we found out in House of X number two that Moira McTaggart is an Omega-level mutant who basically has Groundhog Day power. <laughs> she dies and restarts, but instead of like resetting, reliving the same day, she relives the same lifetime. Mm -hmm. So she dies and then relives a lifetime. She's done this ten times, and the current Marvel Universe that we know is her tenth lifetime. And in that tenth lifetime, it's teased that she went back to her first meeting with Charles Xavier and basically showed him the truth of who she is because her mutant power, because her mutant power only activates when she dies, it's not really detectable during her lifetime. Mm -hmm. So she opened her mind to him and she can kind of hide this and, and showed him the truth about everything about her, which blew Xavier's mind and started them on some plan that relates to these various futures that we have laid out for us in House of Ten, or Powers of Ten, the, the beginning of the X-Men, the current timeline, the future timeline of the man-machine supremacy war, and then this further... A thousand yeah. years later, where this it's one ten hundred, yeah, 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 one ten hundred and a thousand, yeah, powers of ten. So, in the a thousand in the future, where there's this advanced society after the man machine supremacy war, and there's this blue alien mutant thingy, uh, who's you know, this whole society and what that's all about. Who's working with Nimrod, yeah, working yeah. with Nimrod now because they've they, you know, all of this old conflict is obsolete now, and now there's something else they're working on, which is they keep mentioning ascension, yeah. So, we got to find out in this issue several things. And this is probably the most piecemeal issue of the entire series so far. Because um, it's spread out over... It just does key scenes for certain things. We learn more about how... What happened when Moira showed Charles Xavier the truth. And how Charles went and recruited Magneto to this. And we basically learn that throughout what is ostensibly all of the X-Men history, we know Charles and Xavier and Magneto have secretly known that they're working on this larger plan to, you know, not just make mutant, to basically help mutant kind inherit their place in the world. Yeah. And that everything they've done since then has, no matter what we've seen, has been under the umbrella of knowing Moira McTaggart's, like, master plan. So that's a big thing. That was the first thing. We learn more about the man-machine supremacy future and the surviving X-Men on Asteroid K, uh, Krakoa. We learn the big tree guy is... We f the big flamehead guy definitely is Zorn. The big tree yep. guy is definitely not Black Tom Cassidy. Yeah. It is the Krakoa entity that has somehow taken over uh, Cypher's body. Well, it... it it makes sense given what you saw in House of X number one and Cypher doing all of the yeah yeah the work on Krakoa and you know adapting it and all that jazz. So I mm. I actually really think that's a cool yeah. way to like yeah get, give Krakoa legs basically mm -hmm. yeah literally give it legs. So <laughs> yeah, the Krakoa entity is now one of the surviving members of the X Men, which makes a lot of sense more so than Black Tom, I guess. Um, yes, yeah, so we learned more about that future and what they stole was. And I love Hickman because in the issue of Powers of Ten, the X-Men of the future had this big battle. They steal this thing from the man, from like the lesser Nimrod Citadel or whatever it is. 
and they never tell you after all this action what they actually stole. Yeah. <laughs> this issue goes into deep into that, into what they stole, and it just tells you at the end that what they stole is a thing that helps them find yes. the actual thing. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> without telling yeah. you anything. So we got that. And then craziest of all, in the end, this future of the Ascension, we find out that this mutant blue thing and this Nimrod drone have basically built this entire like advanced future society to audition for the phalanx <laughs> who come down and they're like, what do you, you know, what do you want to do here, bro? And, he, and the mutant thing is like Ascension. Yeah. And so the phalanx are going to absorb this society and we don't know what's going to happen there, but, uh, you know, they're just going to maybe become part of the phalanx or, yeah, so, and then, Because we course, still don't know if there are X-Men in that, in that future. Yeah. No, I mean, so far we know all of that old stuff is gone and become, yep. and it's now like beneath them, they're like above all that conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's what they talk about, the mutant and the Nimrod, like how stupid it all was. Yeah. Like, um, there's a mutant database that Nimrod made from like, you know, preserving people and doing all that. Humanity was trying to advance, AI was trying to advance, and it was all so stupid in the future. So now this is the real ascension, apparently, and I don't know what the hell this means. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we get a chart, if that wasn't enough, we get a chart <laughs> yeah, at the real. end that basically lays out Hickman's steps for, for, you know, almost like the evolution of machines and AI from like a single AI like mind to a hive mind of collected AI to like, yeah, a technarchy. The technarchy gets brought back up again, which was what Warlock came from. Mm -hmm. World mind gets brought up, like an entire planet of living mind. And then the phalanx, which is the top of the chain, which is this entire galaxy of, you know, shared yeah, and they. So basically, we come away from Powers of Ten a little more confused than we've ever been. Um, yeah. yeah. And I just threw up my hands and I said, I feel like at this point, Hickman's just literally got a grocery list of everything that was ever in the X-Men <laughs> mythos for by decade. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, we're going to change this. We're going to change that. We're going to change this because it's just everybody's getting involved in this. Like yeah. from Krakoa to Magneto to Mr. Yeah. Sinister to Apocalypse. Now the Phalanx. Oh, I forgot. I, I mean, I just forgot. Apocalypse makes a surprise appearance in here. <laughs> He's one of the last. He's the leader remaining. of the future X Men, yeah. like in the Man Machine Supremacy War. Uh, they're fighting with Apocalypse. So there's a mo there's a moment in that issue that I loved the um, uh, seeing the sort of two side by side where it's you know Apocalypse talking to two of his um, you know acolytes or whatever mm -hmm. and you know talking about how they're important to him and whatnot. And then on the flip side, you've got Nimrod and his two, and he just. Burns He's just like, are you tired? No, I don't believe you. <laughs> I told Jim this that like Nimrod is low key my favorite character. In this story. <laughs> What's what I said, and I still want to know so like good. why this particular Nimrod the Lesser has this like unique personality, yeah, yeah. and like what that's all about because there's a story there, and mm -hmm. I want to know like what that story is. So good, <laughs> yeah, but he is such a great thing. And then like he's like, oh, regretful, and then he's still talking to their smoldering corpses. <laughs> And then, but then also too, then there's also this other giant idea with the mother mold. Yeah, that like, thing that keeps just popping like up, every up so in space that like we're just getting little bits of here and there, and it's yeah. I, I, the layering in this series is a lot of fun and frustrating at the same time. Yeah, yeah, but it's man, like the good kind of frustrating. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's it's one of those things that I've missed in. I mean, I've not never like I've not stopped reading comics, but these these pockets are rare. These pockets of when you find something like this and every week or every two weeks, it's something to really chew on. Yeah, I mean, it's, this it's is, really interesting. He's bringing back, like, and I said this on Twitter, like, no matter how you feel about House of X and Powers of X as, a, as an event series, like, 
I mean, Jonathan Hickman is successful in making the X-Men an event. Yeah. Like, every week. Like, main, like the amount of media attention this is getting, and, you know, thanks to people like us, but, like, <laughs> the amount of media attention this is getting, the way the fan base is buzzing and discussing and doing this. Like, I can go into House of X, Powers of Ten chat threads, and I haven't yeah. done stuff like that for comics in Long I don't know time. how many years. Like, yeah. And it's just, like, giving us a whole bunch of something to talk about. Now we just got to land this plane. We're coming up on the halfway point. Yeah. That's going to be the, the next two weeks is the halfway point. Which is so crazy. The thing is, like, like, oh, it's just Powers of Ten number two, but we're, like, half, you know, a yeah. quarter of the way through this series. And I'm just like, how are you like going to wrap? Yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I mean, but there are, I mean, I feel like we're running out by issue three. Like, the stage setting is going to be done mm-hmm. because things are starting to definitely, I mean, this was an this was an issue of reveals. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it was. It was just, hey, reveal. Magneto's known the whole time. Reveal. Apocalypse is leading the X Men. Reveal. The Phalanx are in this. Yeah. Like, like, and all this is going to be kind of now. We're going to have to start to really pull it together and see how the effect. And I'm just really interested to see how Powers of Ten actually, in its shifting timelines, are actually going to get pulled together with mm-hmm. House of X's kind of more present storyline but also like how this whole thing fits into the grander marvel universe too yeah yeah like that's i mean yeah that's a big plane to land so agreed all right but i'm still in like flynn and yeah i mean as somebody who loved the phalanx covenant event like back in the 90s i mean this this has been great for me a 90s kid Mm -hmm. because there's so much that is touched on that like already i'm seeing shades of that i reminded of and like uh, yeah so i'm enjoying it um all right uh, I cut something. You'll never know what I cut. So we're going to go right <laughs> to talking about wrestling. So, Matt, Connor, you guys had some... I think Connor was a skeptic on SummerSlam this year. Kofi, I love being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it. I love being I just want to say, I thought this card was going to be dope. You did. And you did you were say right. It. And it was tight. So... <laughs> <laughs> Summer slams tell us tight. about SummerSlam <laughs> Connor make us all tell us why you were surprised so I was wonderfully wrong with this this show went a tight three and a half hours it had a lot of good stuff in it the matches that I was dreading performed the best particularly the main event which mm-hmm. blew my expectations Ooh, clear yeah. out Such of the a, those two I feel are going to be something when we look back on like epic pairings and epic mm-hmm. matches those two have always, ha- even during the squash matches, have always had. Who are the two you're talking so about? Brock, Brock Lesnar, Seth, Seth Rollins right. for the the for the title. Seth Rollins comes out on top. But those two have fantastic chemistry, yeah, and that's yeah. the most we've seen Brock work mm-hmm. in a very long time. And it just shows that he can still go when he wants to. Go, going all the way back to their triple threat with Cena at Royal Rumble 14, I believe. Yeah. Like they've had incredible chemistry and it it brings up a point about Brock in that we we kind of lament every time he gets the world title again because it means hey we're not going to see the world championship yeah. on television every week for months at a time. We might not see this guy wrestle for another 4 months from now. It, that kind of sucks because mm-hmm. it leaves the shows to kind of spin their wheels until he gets back. But this just showed that when he wants to and when the situation calls for it, Duke can put on incredible matches, even if they're only 10 minutes. I also think they did just a much better job between the time he got the belt and between this of keeping him present, even if he wasn't there. I mean, Heyman's promos, the whole will he or won't he, the cash in, like all that stuff was handled actually pretty well and it kept his name in there. You were always thinking maybe he'll show up. Mm. They did a much better job of that this time than they did last time. Exactly. Because he was gone and I feel like it's justified for people to go, 
great. He's going to be, because that's what happened <laughs> last right. time. And But that all being said, I hope they do move into a new direction with Agreed. Rollins now with the Universal Championship. Other stuff that really impressed me, Trish Stratus. Dude, that the came longest out of nowhere. Match of the night. She looked great for not having a full match like that since 2006. Yeah. That was great. She was pulling off moves with Grace. Like she was hitting like a lot of her stuff and there wasn't like it wasn't botched city. Like it was a lot. It was good. She did good. And Charlotte, perfect opponent for her. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then Goldberg. I got my six minutes. No, it, the, no, uh, the, it the counts. match was two. It, it all counts. The match was he two. He came man. back out. He did it again. He went back. He came back. I, I even He got more of a live. workout walking back and yes, forth he up did. and down that ramp. And here's the thing. Then he did. The first anything. time, he looked spent. Yeah. <laughs> when he, he went down there, I was like, dude, he is huffing. Like, but, that's bad. But, man, that first moment where Ziggler breaks the super kick out, you're like, what just yeah. happened? Yep. And then, kudos to Ziggler, because I laughed so hard. He's rolling around on the mat. And he's got the mic, and he's just like, I'll never. And he never gets up. He no. never gets back up. It was super. I didn't think that's the way I would get my six minutes, but I did. And I loved it, and I got three spears out of it. I'm fine. The okay. meme of him as the Black Knight from Monty Python <laughs> yeah. is the best. It's so good. And if that's his gimmick from now on, I'm good with that. Uh, I do have to say, I did not enjoy that crowd. I thought that crowd was kind of crap was throughout super, the whole thing. Super uh, lame. There it was, was some flat at weird times. Yeah, because there were some great matches that they didn't react at all to, and then they would pop for the cheap crap. And I'm like, yeah. I get it. Every guy's from Canada. Court him out, and you're gonna get a pop. Come on, have some, like have some uh, layers, have some depth there. Because Bailey and Ember, that was a great match. You would have Crickets. heard a pin drop like out there. And I'm like, that was a great match. It should have yeah, had more. That was an okay. It was good. It was. I'll tell good. you what, though, I enjoyed the Ricochet AJ Styles match. There you go. That ending was awesome. I thought, but I thought the crowd wasn't as up in that one either. I thought no. so. Yeah, there was a couple of great matches there. Glad they're letting the OC keep rolling with all those titles. And please, dear Lord, don't let WWE screw up Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. No. Okay, oh, that was my no. biggest disappointment of the night. Are so. you serious? <laughs> no, not Fiend's oh. entrance. That was yes, that the was great. You didn't like the match? No, it what? was, it was oh. crap. You it knew was it short was short. Short. I said it on here. Squashed. I said one. on here, what did I say? It's actually on tape. You can go, <laughs> you can go listen to it. I said I didn't want a pure thing because I thought they could really, they can get a lot out of this in the future. If they do it right, you build him as a, an unstoppable beast, and then you bring Finn back two months, three months later, whatever, and you have yourself a great match. Instead, this they don't do that. It's like there's not future proofing. This is just oh, we'll do a real quick squash because that's easy. Yeah, and it's but just they, boring. They, because boring. I imagine no, they've got they, different plan. They've got different plans for Finn. I they, imagine you know what you saw what they teased at the start of the show. The OC what? walks in and goes, "All you got to do is say when." I know that. That's no, that's give fine. us what we want. I okay. I don't think everybody wants that. A lot of people want that. A lot of people do, but I think uh, a lot of people would also sign up for a Bray Demon feud as well. We got that already. And okay, I you that got that as a crap Bray Wyatt not committed to that character wait, that at was, all. That was Bray Wyatt with magic powers. Yeah. Lame. That was the lamest <laughs> that was version Bray of him. With magic powers. Are you Bray talking Wyatt. about the stupid holograms in the <laughs> ring and crap? No. That's that was magic. awful. That was terrible. Against Pumpkin D. <laughs> that was terrible. I know, but that's why I feel like they, that, that's why I feel like they need way more space, I think. Because here's the thing. You're getting space. No, because here's the thing. Demon Finn 
is weak right now. They have not built Demon Finn. I know up. that he's about to go away for months. But it's the thing, but like you still need stronger Demon Finn matches to happen yes. for you to believe that Demon Finn actually has a shot. You're right. Maybe. And then he stops midway and does that weird, I don't know what I'm I'm doing. Am I committing or not? He holds his head. No, because he's doing the thing where it's do I hurt him or heal him? Okay. And that's the thing that we've hinted at in all the five. I don't one think ass. one, I thought that was bad too, because I don't think they should. I thought they did made such an an iconic like impact with the lantern. Bray's dead, dude. That yeah. stuff's holdovers. No, don't do well, no, that. But Start I think, but with I the think new that, but I thing. Think, I don't think that's. I think the old Bray Wyatt is dead. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. That the but old that Bray Wyatt heel is or but whatever. The yowie wowie Bray Wyatt still very much alive. This yeah. whole thing, Firefly Funhouse I, Bray, still alive. And Twitter agrees with me, by the way, because after that, people went, "Why are you? Why are you messing with that? Just make him." They wanted, like, the audience wanted him to get smashed and make Bray look like an unstoppable full horse. They didn't want him to stop midway and be confused. No one wants a, a confused fiend who needs to go to like therapy. No one wants that. Just give us fiend. I think you'll still get that. I, I do like him I using the mandible claw though, because that means you can put him up against Ugh. like Braun Strowman type big dudes yeah. and still have him take him down. Yeah, and it feeds into the whole horror movie aesthetic. I mean, it, like we said before, this is a Jason Voorhees type finisher. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Beyond the Bray and Finn stuff with the future, we'll get the Fiend versus the Demon at some point. Yeah. Maybe. What matches excite you going forward? Because we've got Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch already teased. I mean, that one. We've got King of the Ring coming up starting <laughs> you already, next week. You already answered the questions, that one. King of the, <laughs> King of the Ring next week. Jim, I know you're excited for that. Yeah. Uh, we're getting Kofi Orton continued. Ugh. Woo! We already know that. I, wa- I was pissed that was with the non I was so disappointed by that. And was so a, was, was the pretty, crowd. It was a pretty good match, too. It was. That but that finish was terrible. Yep. That finish was so bad. Like, it and was, the, the crowd reflected it. It's like, give us a finish. It yeah. landed with a thud. I mean, they booed. I mean, some people were booing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's terrible. Um, I'm not excited for the Orton Kofi. I think some of the King. You I think are the, always excited for Kofi. I think the King of the I love Kofi. I just don't want him against Randy Orton. Put him against almost anybody else. <laughs> I'll take him against Heath Slater. <laughs> Just don't put him against Randy Orton. Um, I, the King of the Ring, we were kind of talking about earlier, like, that is interesting. The SmackDown side looks a little weak. Um, I mean, it's just, it's weird because there are people that are on both of those lists that clearly are not going to win. Yes. And that's what I think takes a little bit of the the juice out of it. Like, it's just list fodder where I feel like you could have swapped people out and who, made it more. Who better. had a better chance? Because it, you know, when you look at it, I mean, it's like the Miz. You know, the Miz is a clear standout. Um, Samoa Joe, Andrade, Corbin, unfortunately. Oh, but on the SmackDown yeah, side, you've got. Um, I don't even remember who I thought were the front runners on. The you were upset about Shelton Benjamin. I, being well, because I, like, I love Shelton Benjamin, but like, come on, you know, you just, you put him on there, you're like, that dude's not going to win. So there's a few ways they can go with that. If they go the route of like the early 2000s with, hey, if you win it, you also get a title shot. It's like a money in the bank. Down title. the road. Uh, Brock Lesnar kind of got inserted yeah. in the title picture that way. Or you do what they did with William Regal in 08 where you act instead of just, oh, I got a crown and a, and a yeah. staff and everything. It's, oh, I've actually changed up my character and can... Like, I don't want another best in the world scenario here. I don't want another <laughs> Shane McMahon for six months because that is nothing, right? But I feel like Andrade could do something a lot. Well, to wrap I want up, to give brings Joe. all to a close. Now that you've gotten the events of SummerSlam and or Raw, what do you guys want to see next? 
Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I actually like what they're doing with the story, as goofy as it was at the start. God, with that stupid shelf falling on him. Oh, wait, wait. Let me <laughs> stand here for 10 minutes Here's while it falls on me. this giant gap on the floor <laughs> that I clearly fit under. <laughs> so bad. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm Becky... Sasha all the way. Loved Sasha's comeback. I think that was great. Ooh, that was a slap heard around the world. They, did, they, that. they knocked that out of the park, and I'm good for that feud for a while. Snatching wigs, blue hair, don't care. Booyah. Ooh. That's me. That's, That's us, you. Cole. Connor, was that it? It's Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Easy way to go. All right. Well, I want to see more, like, wig ripoffs and slaps. That's basically what I want out of this whole thing, so... That does it. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for listening. If you are just getting acclimated with our show, we post new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. You can subscribe and name one of those articles to our RSS feed to get regular updates about new episodes of the show, or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Google Playlists, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to play Comic Book Nation podcast, and it should fire up the latest episode for you. If you want to continue the conversation about anything we've been talking about, you can always hit us up on the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. You can reach me at Matt Aguilar CB. At Connor Casey underscore CB. And if you like the show, be sure to go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Every other show or so, we read uh, some reviews that you guys have left us, and there have been some great ones lately. And if we read your five-star review on the air, we will send you some uh, Comic Book Nation swag in the form of an awesome T-shirt. So be sure to leave those reviews. That'll do it for us. We hope to catch you guys next time. This is Comic Book Nation. We're out. Peace. Peace.